0: All right, in order to understand what I mean by inviting the miracle of dua into your life, let me explain what it means to close the doors of dua into your life. So, the first major closing of the door to dua is a person saying, I made dua and my dua was never, um, uh, never happened. I've been making for dua for a long time and my dua wasn't answered. That's literally the exact that will shut the door of the miracle of du'a coming into your life. So the Prophet said that Allah will answer everyone's du'a, Allah will answer all du'as except the person who says, I made du'a and my du'a wasn't accepted. And Allah didn't answer my du'a. So that's what I mean about closing the doors and opening the doors. So the first way you want to open the door of du'a into your life is to stop doubting that Allah is going to answer your dua, is to stop doubting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to a- answer your dua. And you have to act as if your dua has already been answered. Act, this is the title, act as if your dua has already been answered. And to give you just kind of like quick example, then I'll give you an example from the seerah. There was a brother who, um, who told me that when he wanted to get married, he decided, may dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and booked the wedding hall before he even found a spouse, before he found a mate. That's how confident he was in his dogs He booked the wedding hall. I don't even know if he sent out invitations, probably didn't send out invitations, but he booked the wedding hall. I'm going to find a woman to join me at that wedding hall on such and such a date. MashaAllah. So t- that's kind of like what I'm talking about. What kind of, what kind of, Okay, so from the seal of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi this is an <clears throat> amazing story and this is the story of the Hijrah. Hijrah means migration when the Muslims um, left Mecca because they were persecuted. They lived there for, um, since the time the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi received revelation, they lived there for 12 years. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was 52. And, um, and then Allah gave him the commandment, the people of Medina had invited the Prophet to come and they would protect him. And the Prophet Sallallahu let the Muslims go. Somebody asked, did he get married? Yeah, not, the other brother, yeah, he got married. And actually, you might even know them, but that's a side point. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the other Muslims, uh, sorry, the Muslims in Mecca left and the Prophet Sallallahu was one of the last it's because he w- didn't leave, others would get harmed, uh, if they were still Muslims, they would take their anger out on the Muslims that remained. So Abu Bakr anhu was one of the first people who wanted to leave Mecca and go to Medina, do the Hijrah, do the migration to Medina. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi he asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, can I go? And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, wait. Perhaps Allah will give you a companion to travel with. That's all the Prophet wasalam, said. Abu Bakr anhu waited. So Abu Bakr started making dua. And I love, you know, we make dua for things. Oh Allah, you know, help me get married. Oh Allah, I need a nice house. Oh Allah, I need this. I need... This is Abu Bakr anhu's dua. Like check out, you know, what they made dua for. Oh Allah, let that companion who the Prophet ﷺ be, let it be the messenger of Allah I wanna travel with him. I want him to be the companion. And he kept making that dua again and again and again. He wanted that companion to be the Prophet Sallallahu So let's take this from Abu Bakr's perspective. Uh, most of the Muslims had left, all those who could leave. It was you know, the middle of the day. Abu Bakr وسلم, hears a knock on the door. He opens the door at a time when the Prophet Sallallahu never really visited him, in in the middle of the heat of the sun, and the Prophet is on the other side of the door. He says to Abu Bakr, Allah has given me permission to travel to Medina, to do hijrah to Medina. And so at that point, and obviously there's going to be an army behind them, they want to kill the Prophet At that moment, Abu Bakr says to the Prophet it's like his dua is, is right there, he said, can we go together? As-suhba, Ya Rasulallah. And the Prophet sallam, responded and he said, As-suhba, we'll go together. So, this is the very first time Aisha says, I never thought somebody could cry out of happiness until the day the Prophet sallam, said that to Abu Bakr, As-suhba, we'll go together. And my father started crying out of happiness. And this is that moment. When are we leaving? We're leaving right now. We're going to travel in the desert. A journey that might take about, obviously they went faster, but it might take about 30 days in the desert. There's no rest stops, there's nothing. We're leaving right now. If you're told that you're going on a journey into the desert for 30 days, being chased by an army with a bounty on your head, and you're just told right now that you're going, Abu Bakr al said, I'm ready. Two camels, food, a guide on standby. Um, everything is there. Everything is ready for two people. For two, not one person. Everything is ready for two people for this hijrah. Everything. Let's go right now. They left. Now, I want you to take a moment to understand this. He was, yeah, Zaki says he was prepared in advance. He made a dua that the Prophet be his companion. And from the moment he made his du'a, he prepared for the day when Allah would answer the du'a. He was prepared and everything was ready. There was nothing not ready for that du'a to be answered. I want you to take a moment to understand what kind of yaqeen Abu Bakr had when he made his du'a. And now think of when we make our du'as when we make our du'as, how does it come out? Like, is it gonna happen? Is it not gonna happen? When is it happening? Oh my God, I've been making da since Monday, and now it's Wednesday, and my da hasn't been answered yet, and so on and so forth. Yes, you have to act as if this da is happening and get ready for it. Get ready for it. Yes, those was my lovely accents too. Stand-up comedy. The next one, the next way to invite du'a into your life is, um, is to understand that Allah answers all du'as. But the answer to the du'a is not necessarily, yes, here's exactly what you made du'a for. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala answers du'a and I say this again and again in my classes and I'll teach you guys to understand this new way of thinking that Allah answers all du'as in one of three ways. Yes, yes, not now, and yes, but I have something better for you, okay? Allah answers yes to all duas, and um, you know I, I heard one sheikh um, joke about something like this, and and I I was offended by it. He goes, yes, Allah answers all duas, but one of the answers is no. I'm like, stop, like that's not how Allah subhanahu wa taala answers du'a. The du'a is yes, but in three ways. Yes, you get what you ask for. Yes. Um, but not now. You will get what you asked for. Now is not the time, or now it's coming later. Yes, but I have something better for you. Three ways that Allah responds to the du'as. So a lot of people mess up in their du'as when they talk about um, I made dua and I didn't get my dua answered in the first circumstance, like the first way. Like I made dua and it didn't happen. Yes, exactly the way that I made dua for. It didn't come out like that. So you have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al alim Allah is the all-knowing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-hakim, is the all-wise. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al rahim the all-merciful. And so when I make a dua, you know, sometimes I don't know if this is best for me. You know, some people ask the question, what if I make dua and it's not good for me? Let me tell you that protection is built into your dua's. And that's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, yes, but I have something better for you. So you may be making dua for something and it's not good for you. For example, I'm not saying everything you make dua is not necessarily good for you, good or bad or whatever, but it may be it's not good for you. And Allah, and you're wondering, why didn't it come? Why didn't it come? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you so much. And the attitude is only, oh, I didn't get what I asked for. And you have to understand. Okay, I'll talk about that. That's, that's another point. <clears throat> so let's look at. I want to. Uh, uh, there's a book about solving problems upstream. What that means is that how do you solve a problem? Not when a problem happens, right at the time of the problem, but how do you solve problems before they even become problems? And an example of that is the people who invented the seat belts. The people who invented the seatbelt, I don't know how many years ago, like let's say it's something like 40 years ago, you know, seatbelts are invented and they're made mandatory and so on. If you drove in a car today, did you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the seatbelt? Just take a moment and think about that. Did you, you know, say alhamdulillah that somebody 40 years ago protected me today or some law was passed that that now I'm protected because of the seatbelt. Of course you didn't. Of course you didn't. That's the thing about protection from something that you don't you can't experience. Just like you never thanked the people who invent, who put their lives maybe, maybe they lost a child in a seatbelt and they said never again will someone lose a ch- child because they weren't wearing a seatbelt. And they did that 40 or 50 years ago and today you're being protected from that, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qadr, but you never said thank you. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he gives you something better, you may never know it and you may never thank. And that's why you just said alhamdulillah for what I know and what I don't know. And what you don't know is much more than you could ever um, encompass and even understand. la That if you try counting the blessings of Allah, you would never be able to. So when somebody is angry that they didn't get one dua, and I hear that, I cringe because I'm like, you would never be able to stop counting Allah's blessing on you. How dare you not be thankful for those blessings? And how much Allah may protect you, and that's how you respond for all the du'as and everything Allah has given you. As much pain as you think you're in, how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. And maybe that pain is bringing you closer to Allah, and ultimately that might be the thing that leads you to Jannah. That, the, that you kept coming back again and again and again, raising your hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if Allah gave you, that's another thing that I say if Allah gave you what you asked for right off the bat, would you continue making dua from the heart like that? And the answer is probably not. Probably not. <laughs> and which of the blessings of Allah do you deny? Number three, the last one that I'll mention here is that maybe Allah needs you to build a boat. Maybe Allah needs you to build a boat. This is in one of my classes, Dreamwalker class. And these classes that I teach, they connect to one another. I found that there's some du'as that you make that do require you to build a boat. Just like Nuh alayhi salam, when he asked Allah for help, Allah's response to him was, build a boat in the desert with no rain. Build this huge boat. That the people will walk by and laugh at him and say, Look at him. He's building a huge boat in the middle of the desert and they're mocking. They would mock him and continue the human. And Allah said, You need to build a boat. So, in your life, is there something that you need that you're making dua for that you need to build a boat for? Um, and that doesn't mean that, hey, I got this difficult journey. It's all on my back and stuff like that. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easy, but you need to shake the tree before the dates come down. As Maryam was giving birth to Isa and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told her, shake the tree. Allah could have dropped the dates on her. Isaac knew just drop it, gravity, but Allah said, shake the tree. She shook a palm tree and palm trees don't shake if you know, um, but she put in the effort. And so some people think that, hey, I'm going to make Doha on Monday, Amazon Prime Delivery, it's coming on Wednesday or next day delivery. And when they don't get that, they think, I need Doha, and I don't get what I asked for. And then you negate the power of Doha. So understand there may be some things that maybe you do need to build a boat. And finally, my last one about this is Shukr, thankfulness invites more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of my favorite verses, somebody says, What's your favorite verse, Muhammad? The one that I'll keep going back to again and again is, la in la That if you are thankful, I will increase you. So when I teach my classes, I don't start my class with, Hey, we need things, let's make dua for more. I start with, What are you already thankful for? And subhanAllah, you might even find that the things around you, are things that you already made du'a for and Allah already answered your du'as. Sometimes people will be pleasantly surprised that, wait a second, all this time, I didn't realize that I'm living in the home that I used to make du'a for. I'm married to the spouse that I used to make du'a for, now I'm married. Oh, I'm, you know, my kids are bothering me. The kids that I made du'a, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me with children. And every all around you are the answers to your du'as. They're already there. It's already there. So you start your du'a process, you start your du'a journey with thankfulness, with shukr, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you are thankful, I'm going to give you more. And how amazing is that? I always end my days. At the end of the day, I take out my journal or I just think it through and say, what are three of the happiest memories from today? And I just make it a habit, make it a habit. This happened amazing, that happened amazing, this happened amazing. Always at the end of the day, these are my thankful memories. And it only increases, when you think of a happy memory, it increases the joy of those events because you get to extract more from it, inshallah So now, understand that dua is bigger than you. Dua is bigger than you. I don't teach you how to, upgrade your du'as, I'm telling you that du'a is going to upgrade you. Du'a is bigger than you, bigger. This is connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're not going to be the one steering um, your du'a. Du'a is going to steer you. So you're actually kind of like in the, in the passenger seat and du'a is driving this. How would you like to live like that for real? When somebody comes and says, what's your occupation? You say, I work for du'a. Like du'a runs the show. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your du'a takes you in so many directions. And that's why if this is like your first time, you'll see so many returning students. Even though they've heard me say these things, they keep coming back again and again and again. Because living life by du'a becomes addictive, you start to fear or you start to miss and have that burning desire to live du'a at that level. Number two is how about um, not living your life for just one du'a and one thing, and then whether you get that or you don't get it, your life is stuck. You get it, your life is like kind of over, or you don't get it, and you're like, I'm waiting for this one du'a. How about the du'as keep rolling in, and there's no pause. You go from wow, 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 wow. They keep piling up on top of each other. How would you like your dogs to go like that? Not waiting for pain, not waiting for another um, net organic inspiration. You actually design it so that you keep growing again and again and again. And that's what visionary 2030 is about. How would you like to face um 2021 with hope and excitement? No matter